0: Hi listeners, welcome to Talks With Together We Care. My name is Carrie Harper, and I am one of the founding members of Together We Care Fountain Hills. On today's episode, I want to talk about cultural appropriation, its many controversies, and why we should care. this cultural appropriation talk, I wanted to define what it actually is because I feel like a lot of people have a misconstrued interpretation of what cultural appropriation actually entails. A really great resource that I'm going to mention is Amantla Sternberg's video, Don't Cash Crop on My Cornrows. I cannot recommend this video highly enough. Um, this week, I've actually included it in our newsletter, so go ahead and take a watch. You can even pause the podcast to take a second. But to give a Spark Notes version, Sternberg says that appropriation occurs when a style leads to racist generalizations or stereotypes where it originated, but is deemed as high fashion, cool, or funny when the privileged take it for themselves. A lot of times we can see this in hair, which I know some people say it's just hair, but to a lot of different cultures, hair is always more than that. For example, white people wearing cornrows is a form of cultural appropriation, and I will explain why. Black women and black people in general have what we call protective styles. Protective styles help protect our hair texture and it's a neat way to kind of make it look nice and still do its job. Back in the days of slavery in the United States, a lot of times black women would create certain designs and patterns in the cornrows that were actually paths that led to freedom. So it does have a lot of deep historical meaning and when you see a white person wear that and not understand it or they're just taking it for themselves as a fashion piece, it's seen as disrespectful. This can also be seen with other white people wearing bantu knots and other protective style or when white people wear locks. There's a lot of controversy about white people wearing locks. Some people say that the Vikings, um, the Vikings wore locks, but that is not true. The Vikings had braids in their hair. That is true, but it is not the same thing, not the same process, not and also not the same meaning. Many historians trace the first u- usage of locks in Jamaica, I believe, in the Rastafarian. Um, religion and culture. And that is a primarily black culture, religion, practice, and it is still carried forth throughout um, many black people today. It's controversial. it's controversial when other white people wear these hairstyles because to them it's fashion. You know, it's beautiful. And I understand wanting to appreciate that, but that's not the right way to go about it because on a white person it is fashion, on a black person, specifically on dark-skinned black people, it is seen as ghetto, dirty, ratchet, all these words that are meant to demean black people. It's way more than fashion, it's our culture, and and we are disrespected when we wear it. But when people of privilege wear it, they are applauded, told they're beautiful, strong, inspiring, cool, it's not a good thing. And cultural appropriation most definitely expands from more than just black and white, we can also look at Cinco de Mayo. In America we are so guilty as a nation by completely washing away the history that is Cinco de Mayo, to the point where on the radio we hear broadcasters say that it is Cinco de Drinco. NPR gave a pretty good description of what it what Cinco de Mayo is actually supposed to be, and I'll read it for you here. So Cinco de Mayo is actually supposed to be the first battle of Puebla. NPR states that in 1862, during the U.S. Civil War, the French army marched towards Mexico City. Emperor Napoleon III was eager to establish a second Mexican empire favorable to the French, an outpost in the New World that would serve as a kind of replacement all that French land his uncle decided to sell to Thomas Jefferson in the Louisiana Purchase. So he sent a fleet to attack Veracruz, land of force, and head to Mexico City, but they are defeated before they could even get there, at the Mexican city of Puebla, when a young Mexican general named Ignacio Zaragoza beat back the French troops in a bloody confrontation. It's so crazy because NPR states that less than 22% of Americans know the real history behind Cinco de Mayo, and we have completely twisted, appropriated, and changed the meaning behind it. Cinco de Mayo is not just to drink tequila, have tacos, and call it Cinco de Drinko. It is a deep historic moment for Mexican people another way that we see cultural appropriation a lot is in fashion trends when it comes to asian people take for example this was popular on tiktok i believe recently the fox eye trend where um people of privilege would gently lift their eye shape to be in a slanted form or applied tape and um for so many years Asian people have been slandered, bullied, persecuted for their eyes being shaped a certain way. But on a person of privilege, it's fashion. That also goes with chopsticks in your hair. That's still disrespectful. It's not something to be played around with and it's disrespecting Asian culture. Another way that we can see cultural appropriation is on Halloween. Halloween, I feel like, gives people a sense of not caring of the consequences or not thinking too deeply of the historical ramifications, and that especially occurs towards the Native American community. There have been so many slutty Native American princess or Native American chief costumes Their culture absolutely is not a costume. It's not something to get at Party City. It is deeply valued. These are just some of the ways that cultural appropriation are seen in our society. And I hope I kind of gave a decent description of what it is. Up next, I will discuss some of its controversies. Let's dive in and discuss some of the controversies involved in the discussions of cultural appropriation. I think one of the largest controversies is the debate between cultural appropriation versus appreciation. The University of Utah says that cultural appropriation can be defined as the cherry picking or selecting of certain aspects of a culture and ignoring their original significance for the purpose of belittling it as a trend. Appreciation is honoring and respecting another culture and its practices as a way to gain knowledge and understanding. When we have this discussion of cultural appropriation and appreciation, we're not saying that you can't partake in other people's cultures. There's just, you know, a more respectful way to do it. For example, reading books by people of other cultures and races Some of my favorite Black authors are Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She is a Nigerian author, and she has written some of my favorite books. And of course, there's Toni Morrison and Zora Neale Hurston. And then one of my favorite Mexican authors and pioneers of magical realism is uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And reading those books gives you such a clear view on how other cultures see the world and have different storytelling in different parts of their cultures. It's amazing. You can also listen to other cultures' music and learn more about it, eating authentic cultural dishes and attending local cultural events. All of these broaden our worldview and make the world a more together place. Another huge controversy is how we see cultural appropriation in social media. Last week, Sharifa talked a lot about the angry black woman stereotype, and I think a lot of that tracks to vernacular as well. Take, for example, African-American vernacular English. So a lot of times that's categorized now as slang, or the cool way to abbreviate words. It's seen a lot on TikTok, Twitter, a whole bunch of other social media platforms. And my point in mentioning the angry black woman is in this following example. We all remember um, Bad Baby when she was on Dr. Phil, clapping and cussing at him and using slang, using African-American vernacular English a lot of people thought she was kind of crazy but she was still allowed to have a career she was allowed to have a career by making joke making a joke of ave whereas when black people use it specifically black women we are categorized as unintelligent angry unsuccessful that's why it's controversial you know, historically speaking, Black people have been using Ave, which many say is from the Black Diaspora, which means that there are many African languages and terms mixed with English due to colonization, you know, for centuries, and have been deemed, as I said before, less intelligent, unprofessional, and more. Whereas, white folks can do the same thing and people laugh and see them as using Ave as a part of their caricature and their humanity isn't stripped from them. And I think that's a huge part, an underlying theme in cultural appropriation. A lot of the humanity and culture of people is stripped away when cultural appropriation is used. Another way that cultural appropriation is seen in social media um, is the Kardashian family. I think... So many times, the Kardashians use black culture as a means to be trendy. I mean, they're some of the most followed people on the internet. What they do is seen as trendy. But when black people do the same things, or people of other culture do the same things, it's looked down upon. For example, when Kim Kardashian had cornrows in her hair, she introduced them to the world as box braids. And I saw so many white girls wearing box, quote unquote, box braids as if it was the hottest thing, as if black women had not been wearing it for the past forever. And it doesn't stop there. Because Kim Kardashian applied cultural appropriation to Indian culture. By wearing mantika, I apologize if I butchered the pronunciation. But essentially, mantika is traditional Indian bridal jewelry. And it is worn on the forehead. And it is supposed to give the bride power, will, and wisdom to handle her new journey in life. Kim Kardashian was using it as a fashion statement. Kim Kardashian, once again, uses cultural appropriation in her new clothing line, I believe, or rather her similar to Spank's line she called the kimono. Kimonos are from Asian culture, and it's not meant to be shapewear. There's very deep historical meaning behind it. And then Kim Kardashian does it again with culturally appropriating black culture with the Elizabeth Taylor photo shoot. Elizabeth Taylor was a white woman. That's who she was supposed to be dressing up as in this photo shoot. But when you look at Kim Kardashian, she looks like a black woman, as in she overly spray tanned herself to the fact where she looked like she was a light skinned black woman. And it looked like she had an afro and the way that she had her makeup artist draw on her features, she seemed to be of a completely different race. that's also called blackfishing. it's disrespectful, it's wrong, but when kim kardashian does it, it's high fashion. and it doesn't stop there because so many other social media influencers such as madison beer and more, they have been Black fishing and using black culture for likes, shares, views, and profit. So we know all this information, what cultural appropriation is, what cultural appreciation is, and the different controversies we see in our day-to-day life, now we have to wonder, why does it matter? Why should we care? We should care because as humans, we should have empathy for one another. Too often I see on the news, people are slandering each other left and right, disrespecting each other's cultures, and seeing the world in a very one-track-minded way. That's why we should care about cultural appreciation and cultural appropriations downfalls. We have to learn how to care for one another, have togetherness, which is the mission of Together We Care. It's important to know our own shortcomings and how we can better ourselves. And I feel like we should care because learning more about the world is the most beautiful thing. Learning about different cultures is what makes us all connected and it shows how similar we all can really be. One of my favorite um, examples of cultural appreciation was Anthony Bourdain's show on CNN. I think he did a great job of showing how humanity can be shown through the smallest acts such as food. You can learn so much about someone's culture, family, and history from their food. Bourdain didn't trapeze around the world wearing different costumes and claiming to know everything or trying to disrespect a culture. He went there to genuinely learn. And I think having that drive to learn and be learners in every aspect of our lives will create a more cooperative world, a plentiful world that we can all coexist in. We should care about cultural appropriation because we should value human kindness. The world is not just about ourselves or what is going to give us instant gratitude or a quick laugh. I feel like we should value each other's feelings as I've said so many times before empathy is so important. Trying to understand where someone's coming from is important. Respect is of the utmost importance nowadays as we see so many politicians, such as their president, have such a disregard for it. But I know that we can continue to create a world of respect, love, culture, and beginning to bring down borders and bring down walls in terms of understanding, love, and compassion. My point in having this cultural appropriation talk is not to condemn people. My point in having this cultural appropriation talk is to help people understand that they can still partake in a culture and still be respectful. We can still learn from one another and we can still love one another, but we can do so in a more respectful and productive way. I myself have learned so much about cultural appropriation and appreciation creating this podcast, and I hope to continue to learn. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Cultural Appropriation Talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. Please feel free to leave us feedback and reviews on all the platform, whatever platform you're using. That would help us so much at Together We Care. Once again, thank you so much. My name is Carrie Harper, and I hope you have a wonderful day.